We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1 where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 483. This is the preview for the Yankees-Indians wildcard series. I had on Mandy Bell. She covers the Indians for MLB.com. We had her on the show last year as well, and uh, she's really great to talk to. A lot of good information on the Indians because, Scott, this is kind of like back to back back in the day where if you make it to the World Series, you don't see that team. We haven't seen the Indians all year. So it's going to be weird. It's kind of weird like going into it. I just haven't been thinking about them. I've been seeing them in the standings. I know Shane Bieber is sick. But other than that, I don't know what's going on. So it was great to talk to her. Yeah, I got to tell you, I like that allure. I like the allure of that. The fact that it's we have a little not seen fun it. wrinkle, isn't it? It is. It kind of goes back to me wanting four teams in the playoffs again. But uh, this, so this is a little uh, mini sneak peek of that. We just don't know what to expect. We know they're good. At least, at least Shane Bieber's good. And uh, probably not too much more beyond that. I'd say the, the casual Yankee fan does not know much more beyond Shane Bieber and then the names that pop, the Lindors. Uh, you know, Ramirez, like these, these are the guys that, that people know. Well, then you know what? Enjoy the next 25 minutes. And then Scott and I will be back to talk about the series, uh, how we're feeling going into that, all that good stuff. Joining the podcast now is Mandy Bell. She covers the Cleveland Indians for MLB.com. 
We had Mandy on the show last summer for previewing one of those Yankees Indian series. And this is a bit of a different format we got this year for the three game wildcard playoffs. How you how are you feeling, I guess, as a person covering baseball this season entering entering a weird postseason? I think it's going to be interesting. This is the format that we've never seen before. Um, I think it's in a year where there's so much that's been different. I think why not just keep going with it? Um, and I, and I think it could it <laughs> yeah, make it a little no, right? bit more fun. I mean, it's, it, it's sort of making up for like a, a little bit of the lack of baseball that we had this year, maybe, um, by getting an extra round of, of the playoffs. So I think it's going to be fun. Um, a three game series is going to make it so intense because we're, we're not used to this. Yes. You, you've had the one game play in with the wild card before. Um, but that just goes by so quickly. I think that this really could build some intensity to this this win now like mentality i think it could be a lot of fun and especially for this particular matchup with bieber versus cole maybe the most anticipated pitching matchup definitely of 2020 but of of recent years that i can remember because shane bieber's been so good this year and garrett cole signed the biggest contract in baseball history for a pitcher so with a three-game format it's like whatever team loses game one is probably going to feel pretty defeated because they just lost with their best guy. Hey, absolutely. I mean, I think you said it the best. I think game one is going to be so big. Um, I mean, the Indians offense has been struggling all year. They haven't been able to click on all cylinders at one time at all this season. It's either been Framel Reyes is hot and nobody else is. Jose Ramirez is really hot and nobody else is. So they're hoping that, that Sunday's win, uh, that was their largest come-from-behind uh, victory of the season. They're hoping that that can have some momentum carrying into the postseason. But the postseason is such a different animal from the regular season that it's almost like starting new. So the offense is definitely going to have their work cut out for them against Cole. And, uh, I mean, as long as they can get maybe two or three runs uh, on the board, I think that's plenty uh, in this type of a situation to let, to let Beaver handle the rest. Oh yeah, three runs for either of these teams early in one of these games is going to feel like 30 runs with the other guy on the mound. (laughs) And uh, yeah, you said the offense is struggling. Jose Ramirez put up MVP numbers, but no one else really had great seasons. And I look at Francisco Lindor, who had a 102 OPS plus, so he's basically a league average hitter. And this is this guy you'd expect to be one of the top, you know, 25 hitters in baseball. And he just wasn't this year. So what, what was going on with him this season? It's hard to really pinpoint it. I mean, the Indians got off to a really, really slow start. I mean, that's what they, it seems like that they do every single year, but this year they just didn't have enough of a season to be able to bounce back from it. So I think that there's a lot of pressure on Lindor because he's so used to just being the leader and pulling his team out of things so that whenever he uncharacteristically started in a slump, it seemed like he started to press himself a little bit more. And I know that's just, seems almost cliche that everyone always says that that's what players are doing. But in this sense, it really seemed like that's what he was doing. Um, Indians acting manager for right now, uh, Sandy Alomar has said that multiple times where it just looked like that. And they tried something new this year. Terry Francona talked to Lindor in spring training. And then again, in summer camp about moving him down in the lineup from lead off to the third spot. And they thought that that would be better. That would get him more at bats with some runners in front of him because I mean, they saw how many doubles he got, in the last few years, and it just would have been better for him to have some guys on base on base in front of him. But it, it just wasn't a transition that really worked out that well. So a few weeks ago, they started talking again. Lindor brought up the idea of moving him back up into the leadoff spot. And whenever the team started to struggle again, they, they made that switch. And he seems to have settled in a little bit more, but still not like Lindor of the past. So they're still trying to just figure it out with him right now. It's so funny. Like you always get a reminder that these guys are such creatures of habit. If they're just not hitting in, in they're used to their spot that they're used to hitting in the lineup, it can, it can affect them. And I know you're not saying that was the the only reason why he was struggling, but it's just it's just funny from a from an outsider's perspective to see a guy so talented like Lindor just oh put him back in the leadoff spot and he'll be comfortable again. Absolutely. I mean, it's obviously enough that he brought up the idea to move him back up into the leadoff spot. So like we talked to him about it. And he says, well, you're only lead off for one inning. And then after that, you're, you could be anywhere in the order. It doesn't make a difference. But when you think about it, it was enough of a difference that he was the one who brought it up. So, yeah, I think players are, are so much of a creature of habit that those little things do end up mattering in the grand scheme of things, whether he's leading off every single inning or not. It just seems like that was his place of comfort. And then 
The Indians just needed to find anything to get him more comfortable in the box right now. This might be more of a long-term question as far as Lindor goes, but do you think the trade rumors mentioning his name, and they haven't even really been that serious, but his name is just thrown around because the Indians are not afraid to trade their their young talent, especially pitching, early. So do you think that could have affected him at all? I, I would say for most players you could say it would, but it just really doesn't seem like that would be something that gets to him too, too much. I mean, it's, this isn't the first time he started to hear his name. As crazy as it seems, it's been around for a few seasons now, um, but it's starting to ramp up more, and they're starting to get into possible contract extension talk more. Um, and both sides seem to understand that it doesn't seem like it's going to be able to happen, and that doesn't mean that they're still not throwing numbers back and forth. But it just seems like, okay, his future seems to be set that it's not going to be in Cleveland long-term. And so I, I don't know if that weighed on him or not going through this process, but he's typically a person that can block out most of that stuff. Although while you could say for, for so many players in the league that, yeah, that stuff, it's, it's hard. You're human. It's hard not to allow that to creep in the back of your mind. But I, I just don't, I don't think that would have been something that caused him any difficulty coming into the season to just get into a rhythm. Well, if like I'm trying to put my shoes my, myself in the shoes of a, an Indians player, and you look at the organization, and they've got some balls to trade some of these players that they are like you. They traded Bauer when he was at the peak of his game. They traded Clevenger this season, and I mean, I guess less so with Kluber because he was certainly on the downswing. But they are not afraid to trade big name players who are helping them win right now. So, I mean, if you're Lindor, you've got to be looking over your shoulder. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it's it speaks a lot to how much they think of someone like Francisco Lindor to have kept him as long as they did. I mean, yes, they, they move a lot of guys really early to try to maximize the return because they have to try to keep as tight of a payroll as possible. Um, but the fact that they've they've kept Lindor now and he's going to be going into his, his final offseason before he would be hitting free agency, I, mean, I think that, that speaks at least how highly uh, they think of him and how much they wanted to keep him on this team as long as they knew that they could. Um, and, and and they've been very, very transparent about it saying, look, we could extend Lindor if we wanted to, we just wouldn't have anything left over to build a championship level team around him. And that's, that's not benefiting us and that's not benefiting him because we know he wants to win too. So we're trying to find the perfect equation that would uh, figure it out and allow us to, to maybe find a way to extend him, but we haven't been able to do that just yet. So, I mean, I think that just speaks how, how highly they think of him, that they've been able to keep him around through uh, each year of arbitration and as tight of a, a budget as they have. So if the offense is not coming from Ramirez or Lindor, where's it coming from? Where should, where should, where should I, as a Yankees fan, be sort of nervous when this guy comes to the plate? I mean, I just, he's been cold this month, but I think that he has the opportunity to break out of it at any point, And that's going to be Frambo Reyes. I mean, it was weird because he had a red hot August. He came into September. He went five for five. It was a career high in hits uh, on September 1st. And then from that moment, he just fell off and he went a hundred plate appearances without hitting a home run until Sunday in their, in their last game. And he uh, hit a, a pretty crucial three-run homer to get them back into it but I, I think that he did, he just has an, a next level type of power I mean I know you guys see it all the time when you're watching players like Judge and Stanton and the way that they're able to just crush the ball but I think Framo Reyes could get himself into that um, same conversation whenever he's able to get into a rhythm that he was in in August and whenever he starts clicking he's a very dangerous hitter the uh, so obviously Pitching is the reason that the Indians are in the playoffs and a reason that they're a team I did not want to see the Yankees have to face in a three-game series. Shane Bieber, what, he's obviously got talent, but what has been the key to his breakout this year into one of the best pitching seasons we've seen in, in decades? He won the pitching triple crown, and if, if you don't care about wins and ERA and just number of strikeouts anymore, he's got all the nerd stats you need to back up his, his unbelievable season. Absolutely. I mean, I, you could see it was coming that he had this type of future last year when he was their number five starter out of the gate. And then uh, Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, Mike Clevenger, they all had illnesses or 
injuries that sidelined them for significant periods of time. And then Trevor Bauer was traded and he was basically it. He was the rock of the rotation and he, he actually was, he stepped up and he thrived in that role. So you could see it was coming, but I think the thing that took him to the next level and got him there so quickly was the addition of his cutter. Um, He added that this year and that, that was just the perfect pitch to get, to get guys off of his fastball, but also create that separation with his breaking pitches um, I mean, his curveball has been one of the best in the game. So to have anything that can get can get batters off of that pitch even more than what they already were, um, I mean, it's just it's just dangerous. The more that he can add and tweak and, and perfect this arsenal, it's just it's hard to believe that every single start it just seems like he keeps saying, "Yeah, that was fine, but I can get so much better." <laughs> and it's like, "Well, my gosh, what is better than this?" So um, I think that's really upped his game. Yeah, I, I, I jokingly was like warning Yankees fans, don't look at his numbers because it's just going to make you scared for Tuesday because <laughs> it's just it's just sick what he's done. But after after him, is the rotation going Carrasco? Correct. Carrasco in game two, and then if needed in game three, it will be Plesak. Plesak, okay. Yeah, and, and that, that game three, I think if they get to a game three, it's going to be super interesting because the Yankees are either going to be going with Jay Happ, who they skipped in the season to avoid a vesting option, or a 21-year-old rookie, Debbie Garcia. So just crazy. <laughs> that game three could be wild. But how, how do the Indians deploy their bullpen? Because other than Cole for the Yankees, if the Yankees can get five strong innings from their starter, they immediately want to go to their bullpen. But how how do the Indians sort of utilize their bullpen? Which I looked at the numbers; they've also been really good. They have, and it's it's been a, more of a scrappy kind of good because you don't look at the bullpen and, and see a lot of names that are maybe well known across the league, and, and especially by an, uh, an average fan. So it's it's more of a scrappy type of bullpen. The Indians' biggest key is to try to get as many innings out of their starters as they can. Now you start saying five innings, and then the Yankees want to turn to the bullpen five innings and the starters out in the Indians world. And that's a short outing. I mean, that's where it's like raising to a level of concern. So it's completely different. Now I know the postseason is completely different as well. Um, and you try to be a little bit more aggressive in that sense, but that's just been their biggest weapon all year. And so if they can get six innings um, out of their starter, then it turns over into a, a couple of their key guys and, and someone that's not had as much na- national recogni- recognition just yet, but probably will be after this. Um, is James Karinchek, and he's in his rookie year this year. And if he's on, if his fastball command is there, he is really, really difficult to hit. I mean, I think he had 53 strikeouts in 27 innings this year. Oh, wow. um, and and if he's going, yeah, if he's going to get you out, it's going to be by strikeout. He might have like a an inning where he sees six batters, but all three outs are going to be on the strikeout. And it's it's just his curveball is next level, and it's been fun to listen to his own teammates who face him in summer camp or face him in spring training and to hear the clubhouse, like every guy's whispering about it. Like, man, did you see that? Did you try to hit that? And it's just, it's created a buzz within his own clubhouse. So it started to do that within the AL central as well. So I think he's going to be somebody that catches a lot of people's eyes. And he's somebody that the Indians have turned to pretty consistently now um, in the eighth inning. So I think that once they can get to the ball to him, um, then the ball gets to Brad hand in the ninth. And although his stuff isn't as great as what it used to be, He's been really efficient for them this year. He converted all 16 save opportunities that he had this season. And um, so as, as weird as a, of a bullpen that it is to put together, those two guys have been able to pretty much lock down the back end of the, uh, of the bullpen. Well, it, another wrinkle to some of the series, like for the Yankees and the Indians, they didn't face each other in the regular season because of the, the divisional formats. And for some of these relievers that you've mentioned, they're, they're kind of like a scrappy bunch. Maybe the Yankees hitters haven't faced them. Uh, in the past. So that sort of unfamiliarity, I think, is going to be an interesting wrinkle to a lot of the playoffs. Whereas for the Yankees relievers, they've been there for a while. Chad Green, Adam Adovino, Zach Burton, Aroldis Chapman. Like Even though they didn't face them this year, Indians hitters have faced those guys before. So uh, I'm just curious, I guess, um, this (laughs) just from, I mean, I'm sure you, you are too, just that I think is an interesting aspect to these playoffs that we have not seen before. Correct. I mean, it's not like Shane Bieber's been around the game very long, and you have Zach Klezak, who was uh, in his rookie year last year, um, that's going to be on the mound in, in game three if it gets there. Then you have, uh, obviously, Karen Check in the bullpen. They have a young guy in Cam Hill. They have. I mean, there's so much youth on this team that, yeah, it's not, it's not guys that 
that maybe a lot of people, a lot of players in the Yankees lineup have seen. Um, and then you have the complete opposite end of the spectrum as well. And you have Oliver Perez, who's been around for decades. And uh, he's, he's been, still he's going. Been That's amazing. <laughs> he is still going. And he's been one of their most reliable arms out of the bullpen, despite the three batter minimum rule this year. He's been really, really good. And they've trusted him a lot in the seventh inning. So I would not be surprised if you see an Oliver Perez, James Karinchek, Brad Hand end of the game if the Indians have a, a little bit of a lead. Do they like to do they use them against righties? Because the Yankees starting lineup is all right handed. He, they they do. I know it's different because of the matchup, but they uh they've been able to rely on him in, in both situations. Now they do prefer if they could the start at least with the lefty, and then they've tried to dig into past numbers and see how he's fared against some of the right handed hitters to see if they can entrust him to go at least those three batters. But he's really he's surprisingly done well. Um, after going for a few years as a lefty specialist and having to, to switch back into more of like his, you know, starters mindset from years and years ago of trying to get through both guys. But uh, yeah, he's actually been doing decently well, which I was sort of surprised by. Earlier, you mentioned, obviously, Francona is not going to be there for the playoffs. That's a huge loss because I think he's one of the better managers in baseball and obviously got got the Indians uh, to the playoffs a few times. But so, I guess what are what do you think the effect of that will be, and how much impact will he have from the sidelines? I think if this was something that happened more recently, I think it would have way more of an effect. But it seems like the Indians have just gotten into sort of a groove now and and understand how this is going to work without him. I mean, he he first left the team on August second, left for about a week and had had a quick procedure done, came back, tried to stay, but only lasted a week, and then he had to go back uh, to his apartment. Then he got more procedures done to get uh, stents put in to, to try to help his blood flow when they found some clotting issues. So then he's been really away from the team for a while now, uh, since mid-August. So they've been able to figure it out. Um, the big perk of, of them at least getting home field advantage is that he entered the postseason bubble with them, uh, so he's been around the team. He's been in at the games, uh, watching from the suites with their front office crew. And uh, he's been at least in contact with the guys. And he's been, you know, making FaceTime with them and, and actually being present, which has helped them. And we talked to Shane Bieber even about that today. And he said he's still our leader. And we still go to him like he's our leader right now. And to be able to have him around us has made the biggest difference. And so uh, having them here and allowing him to still be with the team, at least for this first round, I doubt he's healthy enough to travel. Um, but I think that that honestly will fly under the radar, but I think that'll be a big perk for them. Um, but Sandy Almar has really done tremendously well to have to step into a position that he certainly did not ask for. I know that's a, that's a lot of pressure as a guy, as, as a step, as a fill in manager to go into the playoffs and something so so different also like he didn't experience this as a player he didn't experience this as a coach at any level this three game three game series all all in three days uh so yeah i gotta imagine that that's pretty pretty different for him do you think if uh say shane bieber throws about 100 pitches in game one and they reach a game three would he appear out of the bullpen i don't know i think that's tough i think it would i think it would depend largely um, on how the bullpen would be used in game two. I think how early he hits that 100-pitch mark in game one and how the bullpen is taxed in game two. Um, I think the Indians have tremendous amount of confidence in what Zach Plezak is able to do. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, I think it's going to be more of just waiting and seeing, and that's what they've done all year long. I, I mean, they've, there's games where they've had bullpen games, and they don't, they don't start even making that decision until – the night before when they see how their bullpen was used before, because they don't want to take any relievers off, uh, off their roster and say, nope, he's going to start on Sunday. If you run into a situation on Saturday where you would need him and they say, all right, we'll figure out Sunday later and we'll figure out someone else to do it. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if they would do that in, in round one. I'm certain that they, that he'll be back. If he, they would make it to round two, that he would pitch both games one and five for that. But I don't. I, I think it would all depend on on how taxed the bullpen is heading into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what the Yankees are going to do with Cole either. They they've got a lot invested in him, so an injury <laughs> is not something that they want. But then again, that's why you pay the guy three hundred twenty four million dollars to uh, to win you a World Series. So that'll be that'll be interesting. 
You mentioned the the Indians getting home field advantage. I looked that at their splits and their numbers and their records. I think one game better at home, but they actually have better better runs scored and runs allowed on the road. So, do you see any marked difference between the team home and away? I think the biggest part of that stat was the month of August, and for some reason. Fremo Reyes was just on when he was on the road and was struggling at home. And he was so on on the road that it played such a factor into their wins because, I mean, they they really have not been able to score much this year. They've And the games that they at least uh, scored three runs, they've gone 29-6. and six. So that shows how much the pitching staff is at least able to shut down their opponents because as long as they get three runs, uh, then it's basically game over. But then that leaves 25 other games, which means those were held to two or fewer. So that's an insane amount of games to only hit score two or fewer runs. So um, whenever Fran Reyes was cooking the way he was, that played a large, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a huge impact on, on the results of the game. So I think that really started to skew their records um, because of his hot August. But I, I mean, I, I think it just depends. The way that Jose Ramirez has been hitting uh, both on the road and at home over the last three weeks. I think the Indians feel quite confident with him in any ballpark right now. So, And he's been doing all of the heavy lifting for this offense. Yeah, certainly 60-game schedule, you can skew things. I know the Yankees scored like 40 runs in a three-game series against the, the Blue Jays at home. So you look at their numbers, and it's obviously going to be skewed because of that. Um, the last question I want to ask you is about the Mike Clevenger trade. And... What was the reaction amongst the team, amongst fan bases, and and what has been the the result of that? Because that's that's a guy. I mean, if you have Clevenger, if you have the pitching staff of Bieber, Clevenger, Carrasco, and Plesac going into a playoffs, I mean, that's a World Series caliber rotation, and you traded that away. So, what was the reaction within the team? Uh, I mean, you could tell that. That it was tough for them because I mean they were really close with him. It was a weird note to leave on because it was right after he had been optioned to the alternate site for breaking the team protocols with Police Act. So the timing was really awkward. He had just come back and made one start and then was gone uh, the following Monday. So it was weird timing wise. Um, I think all of that stuff ended up speeding up the Indians. The process of, of moving him, I think that was definitely going to happen in the off season. But everything that went down sped it up, and, and it ended up happening uh, at the trade deadline. So it was weird, but you could tell how much confidence they had in the rotation that they already had. And when Clevenger was gone for those three weeks, um, they had Tristan McKenzie, who has been one of their top prospects for years now, but he's been battling injuries. And hadn't pitched in a game, even a minor league game, in two years because of injuries. And they called him up, and he goes six innings with ten strikeouts in his debut. And it just seems like their their starting pitching is never ending. So they it's have amazing. so much confidence in him. They that keep they spitting they out aces. That. Like what? What is going on in that minor league system? High end starting pitchers come out every year. It's crazy. I know, and to think that Bieber, Plesac, and Savali were all three in the same draft in 2016 is just mind blowing. Oh. Wow. Wow. So I know you got to go. So thank you so much for the time. It's been, it's probably a busy day for you, but it's going to be an exciting series. So Mandy, thanks again and uh, enjoy the series. Absolutely. Thanks guys. You guys have counted on restaurants and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is extremely easy. You open the DoorDash app, you choose what you want to eat, and the food is delivered right to you safely outside your door. And you can now choose their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. I use it all the time. Uh, it's a it's a terrific app and there's a lot of local restaurants that you can get as well. There are way more than you expect that are included with DoorDash. Um, Bevan and I use this app probably twice a week. So definitely recommend going on and, and buying it, especially with the code that we're about to give you. Many of the local restaurants are still open for delivery. So you can just use DoorDash, uh, select from their menu, choose the food you want, and they bring it right to you. And it usually happens pretty fast. And you can track the people as they come, which is fun to know because now you know when your food is coming exactly to the minute. So right now, all of our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fee with their first order of $15 or more. Just download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download 
the DoorDash app in the App Store, and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Also, with the MLB playoffs starting, I just got an email about World Series odds and lines for the first round, and the Yankees and Chicago White Sox are the only lower seeds in the first round that are favored. Right now, the Yankees' odds to win the World Series are 13-2. to The Dodgers are number one at 3-1. to Again, head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, how you feeling after the Yankees just put on their, their hazards and backed their asses into the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, is that if Toronto beats the Baltimore Orioles, the Yankees are now playing Tampa in the oh. first round as the eighth seed. That's 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 where we were on the last day. Oh, we were, I'm well aware. We were very much there. And uh, there was nothing the Yankees could do about it at that point. Besides, oh, they're getting blanked by the Marlins. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what like, do you uh, do? People are saying, oh, that 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 series clearly doesn't mean anything for the Yankees. They're not even trying. Well, the Marlins literally were playing for nothing on Sunday because no matter what they did, they were locked into the f- yeah. uh, the five or the six seed or the six or the seven, whatever they were. They could not affect their outcome in the playoffs. They could not affect their seeding with a win or a loss. So they were literally out there for nothing. The Yankees at least could go into the playoffs with a win saying we secured the number five seed, not we had to rely on the Orioles to get us the number five seed. At the end of the day, I don't think the, the players really matter. I don't think they care at all it's how they optics, get to the point. It's optics, Scott. It is optics. I know. It, it is optics. It good from my But it's standpoint. optics also from internally, if you look at it that way. If you're if you're looking at like, yeah, that, that's pathetic that we just did that. Maybe you use that as fuel. Maybe this is, maybe that's rock bottom number two. Oh, you're two. spin zoning this. I'm spin into... zoning the hell out of this. I'm trying to find the, trying to find the glass half full option here. But, you know, obviously the the Marlins were on Sunday looking around and be like, you know, just happy to be here. Look, look at us. Look at us. <laughs> look at us in Yankee Stadium. We got look to celebrate. Us. And Derek. Derek. You got Donnie. Look at us. We're here. Yeah. We've made the, it. The, Jeter and, and Donnie got to celebrate at Yankee Stadium clinching the playoffs. I mean, the Marlins are definitely the 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 most, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? They were the longest shot to make the playoffs that the, actually yeah. made it. Yeah, yeah, no, they've they certainly benefited from the shorter season big time. And good for them. You know, this is exactly what yeah, we were sure, talking whatever. about like the, you know, some of these teams like the Marlins, the Tampa Bay Rays, San Diego Padres, like these teams are all like, "Yes, give me this World Series. I need this World Series." They will put the banner up immediately, the sign will go up, you know, going into the uh going into the city, you'll see billboards because they're they're going to be so proud of it. You got you get your you got your other teams that like the Yankees and you know the other the other teams that are playing for uh, the Dodgers. Like, yeah, they want to win the World Series, but they're not gonna they're not gonna. Well, I feel like tout it afterwards. The Yankees as much. and the Dodgers. The Yankees and the Dodgers were the number one and two teams entering the season for favorites to win the World Series. The Dodgers acted like it in the regular season. The Yankees sure that sure as hell didn't. I'm just saying, in a weird season like this, the fringe teams, the ones that haven't won World Series, are just didn't expect to be in this position are very excited. Not to, not to say that Tampa didn't expect it. Yeah. And I'm not going to take anything away from those teams and those fans. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, if you're a Padres fan though, you can at least say, well, we were on, on the rise anyway. Yeah, definitely. It's not like that was a complete. Well, and Tampa, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that Tampa has one of the best rosters in baseball right now. Listen, if uh, I'm obviously a Yankees fan breaking news, but if anyone tries to tell you that the, the Rays only won because of the shortened season, that's bullshit. Right. No, it's it's 100% correct. It's not. It's not because of the season. They have a good very 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 good team. 
And in a sick way, I was like rooting for the Yankees to get the eighth seed just as like, here, you th- you want to back your way into the playoffs? This is what you get. The team that you were dominated by all regular season. And and at a certain point yesterday when I thought the there was a point where the Yankees were down, I think it was four nothing and the Blue Jays were up in their game. And I was like, oh, here we go. They're going to be playing the Rays. I was talking myself into it being a better matchup because the Yankees at least had seen the Rays all season where they haven't seen the Twins or the White Sox or the Indians. Yeah, I mean, okay, that's something that that's I think every one of us went through this like spin zone thing. The the season ended with a dud and we're like, okay, how now can they just bottle all of their energy up, start trying on Tuesday and that's and that's really what's going to happen. They're just going to turn it on. They're going to flip you, the switch. Are you buy, are you buying that? Well, well I do. I, mean, I do think that there's a different feeling when you walk in. I don't know what that feeling's going to be when the stands are empty and there's just they're all going through a unique situation with the playoffs this year. I don't know how much the tension within the game itself, you know, makes it feel like a playoff game. I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to feel on the field to those guys. It's it's going to feel different, right? Whatever that is. Yes, it's a big game. They know it's a big game, so nerves are up and like the the natural elements of a baseball game with higher stakes are going to be there, but you don't have the, the, the crowd noise, the, you know, the intensity of all of that living up to, um, you know, building, building up the tension in the game as well. So it's just going to be different. And that's probably a good thing for a team like Cleveland. Well, it's not just, it's not just um, the team having to flip a switch. It's individual players who have not been playing well. Like Aaron judge has been, coming back from injury, trying to figure it out at the plate, and he hasn't been able to. So he's now going to face the best pitcher in baseball this year on Tuesday night. So even if you flip a switch in your mind saying, okay, here we go. This is intense now. This is the playoffs. Well, you're still facing Shane Bieber, and you have not shaken the rust off yet. (laughs) You saw what I just tweeted. (laughs) I am moving the camera. So this is the point. Go to go to my Twitter at Andrew underscore Rotondi and you can see I said I tweeted out a picture of how Scott positioned the microphone and it's just blocking his entire face. I wasn't <laughs> going to tell him. I was just going to tweet it. It's but, uh, no, no, no. I, I, I had moved my camera over a little bit so I could see something and I forgot to move it back. I appreciate you telling me. That was really nice. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but to my point of even if you flip a switch mentally and, and you get intense, well, you still haven't shaken rust off and you're facing Shane Bieber. Yeah, no, I mean that's 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 it. You're right. I mean, I think that Aaron Judge was shaking rust off. I don't think trying. You know, I don't think necessarily you needed the production. You just need to, him to get the at bats, and then it's a, it's not flipping the switch on. It's just a matter of like, okay, let's now these are for real. Like no more reps. Like this is the this is actually uh, this is what counts. So I, I'm, <laughs> I think he's I, probably honestly Aaron Judge is probably the least worried. I'm the least worried about a guy uh, on this team, and is Aaron Judge. I, I think he'll be I, fine. Uh, Michael Kay was talking on one of the games over the weekend to David Cohn and Paul O'Neill, and they were like, well, you guys struggled down the stretch in 2000 and then flipped a switch. Okay, that 2000 team did struggle in September. They were awful, and they flipped a switch. You know what else that 2000 team was? Those were champions. Those were back-to-back-to-back champions, okay? So, yeah, the champions, the world champions of baseball, the 98-99 Yankees could flip a switch in 2000. I'm not confident the 2020 Yankees can flip a switch. No, but you know they got some. Uh, they got a thumper that's just that just took home the crown, the the home run crown, and they got a guy leading off the game who's you know just won the batting title. So DJ that's a good, LeMahieu, that's DJ a good start. He is unbelievable. Okay, no one's no. I'm, I'm just saying you, that's a good start. He's one out of nine. Voit who has been struggling. Yes, he did win the home run title, but he's been struggling the last week and a half, two weeks. Maybe it's his foot stuff. Maybe he's tired. Who the hell knows? But it's not like he's been hot the last two weeks. He's been cold the last two weeks entering the playoffs. Sounds like, sounds like guys are due. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying not to be doom and gloom. I think I would have felt a lot better if, because a week ago, they they controlled their own destiny. They could have gotten the number four seed a week ago. If yeah. they just won their games against the Blue Jays, they could have gotten the number four seed. And they didn't do that. They didn't do that. So they only have themselves to blame that they're in Cleveland on the road facing that pitching staff. And you just learned from that this segment with Mandy Bell about how filthy their pitching is. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good pitching when you look on this side of the bracket. And so if the Yankees can make it through this this series and actually get through Bieber and then Carrasco and then who'd you say the third one? Mandy Plesac. Plesac. So yeah. that's that's a possibility. You get through them, then you know you're uh, you're you're going to probably face Tampa and and that right. pitching. You're staff. facing so, Tampa. Toronto's not beating Tampa. I'm just saying it's possible, but you are going to be facing most likely Tampa, and, and at that point you have a very difficult road ahead of you. Well, I would much rather face Tampa in five games than in three games. Oh, for sure. Makes, there's no doubt. And I'd and I much rather face them at Petco Park than at Tropicana Field. So if you're going to have to face Tampa... Why? Why what? Why, <laughs> why would you rather face them at Petco instead of the Trop? I just feel like the trop, Tropicana is like nightmares. Just, just because it's, it's nightmare a dirty, because it's, it's a dirty dungeon NHL. Uh, or when I see that on my television, EHL I, EHL arena, where you could find me numbers that say the Yankees actually play better at Tropicana Field than anywhere else. But I, I still would. It rather just sounded like you were it, no, all site. right. But it sounds like you were like, yeah, oh, I don't want to go there. Like they're that 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 place is just that place sucks. So good, they're so good there. Yeah, no, I hear I mean, you. It's a it's a dump. And we have guys who can't play consecutive days on turf because uh, they'll get injured. So yeah, go out to Petco Park where it's seventy-two and sunny every day, and it's it's nice, lush grass, real grass with real dirt for Aaron Judge, and he doesn't get sore calf. All right, we got to get through the Cleveland Indians and Shane Bieber first. So let's talk about them a little bit more. I know you and Mandy uh, covered a lot of it. And it was good to hear the insight from her. She's uh, she was on the show last year during the it was a regular season yeah. series, right? Yeah. Yeah, and she was actually, I think when I talked to her last season, she talked about her experiences being Brian Hoke's intern right. at MLB.com. Yeah. So she's uh, been around the Yankees before. But yeah, she, she was really good. And I mean, she gave me some crazy stat, and I'm forgetting it exactly, the exact numbers. But it's basically when the Indians score three or more runs, they're unbeatable. They don't lose games when they score three or more runs. Yeah, Their well, offense has struggled at times, so they have been... Shut out. They have been held to under three runs, but three runs is not a lot. If you hold a team to three runs and you're the Yankees, you expect to win. But if you're facing the Indians, that pitching staff doesn't give up more than three runs. This is what we were talking about, you know, with, um, you know, as we we're discussing Garrett Cole and, and how he, you know, went through a small stretch of 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 missing, you know, four games where the the long ball was going out. I mean, that was his. His uh, Achilles heel is that is the home run ball. He gets more aggressive with with guys when they are not on base. He's not going to have that luxury as much, any especially not in game one, because a one nothing game could be the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, it very well could be. You don't. You just don't know. Neither one of these guys want to give up anything, and it's going to be an arms race. It's going to be a race to to cross home plate. You know, whoever can scratch across number one or two, the other team is going to play like those are the only runs scored, most likely. And uh, so that brings up situations happens. early in the game. If you if you got a runner at third base and one out in the second inning, you bring in the infield in because yeah, probably. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's going to be. I'm curious to see how aggressive they are. I could see a lot more opportunities. You know, if there's a uh, a, a man on second and a ground ball, you know, that's not very or it's hit hard, and there's going to be a play at the plate. I could see sending the guy just to see make him make the throw. You gotta you gotta almost you know, make them work for, uh, for something that, because you can't expect if there's a guy on third, even with less than two outs, that you're going to get that either the ground ball that you need or the fly ball that you need against a guy like Shane Bieber. You just, you can't expect it because he's not because he strikes out 14 batters per nine innings. Right. So he, (laughs) he's good enough to get around situations like that, where you have to almost push it. And we, we, we talked about this last year when we were like the playoff when we went against Garrett Cole, like you and, and Verlander, you got to find those opportunities Whenever you can get them, if it's the first inning, it's fine. If it's the second inning, and you better take advantage of those opportunities because you're probably not going to get a second chance. And that's we got to approach it the same way with uh, with Shane Bieber. Yeah, and for Garrett Cole, he's been on a great pitching run. But this is what you get paid three hundred twenty four million dollars for. You go out there and you you pitch a shutout. Not saying nine inning shutout, but you don't give up any runs. That's what he's being paid for right now to match or pitch better than Shane Bieber, who has been the best pitcher in baseball this year. Right. I don't think that's too high of expectations for Garrett Cole. Just because Shane Bieber had the best season in this shortened year doesn't mean that we have any less confidence in Garrett Cole, who's no. all world. 
Like well, the I guy, have the guy's confidence that Garrett Cole is going to go out there and shove. I still but think, I also in a, think in a Bieber's going to shove. Uh, fine. I still think in a full season, you put these guys back to back, you choose one. I'm probably picking Garrett Cole still uh, as the guy. I Cause he's want. got more of a track record, yeah. but there, you can't find a stat that says Garrett Cole has been better than Bieber this year. Not, not in the short season. No, but I'm saying the ability for both of these guys, what have you shown me uh, beyond this, this short season? I'm um, Garrett Cole still the best pitcher. But you gotta you, you gotta have confidence. You have to trust, and I expect Garrett Cole to go out there and pitch seven shutout innings. That's what I'm expecting from him on Tuesday night, and that's what the Yankees are gonna need. I think because yeah. you're gonna get one, you're gonna get maybe one run, two runs off Bieber. Like I'd be shocked if if this game is five to four in the fifth inning. Like I just don't see it happening with right. the way these two pitchers are going. No, I agree, and you know. And with the let's also say with the way the Yankees' offense has been going, with the Yankees they up. just got shut out by the Marlins on Sunday when the Yankees actually had something to play for. Let's not forget that. So, what happens when the lineup card comes out tomorrow? When it's nine to eight game, and I'm just nope, completely nope, wrong. No, nope. this is gonna this is gonna be an even better situation. We all we we know uh, with what hand Shane Bieber throws with, and uh, the Yankees' lineup is very heavy with the same. The same, I think the, I know where you're the going. Same, with this. Uh, the same orientation as far as hitting. Can I and guess throwing. where you're going with this? Who's going to be the number three hitter? <laughs> well, it's it's probably going to be Aaron Hicks, which is stupid. But I thought you were going to go that with Brett Gardner getting a start over Clint Frazier. Oh yeah, that's where I was going. Exactly where I was going. And I was oh, putting if, him. If, and I'm putting him in the number three spot. I I, <laughs> I will lose my mind. He's going to be hitting in the number three spot starting in left. That, that's asinine. That would be asinine. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm come on. Saying. That would be asinine. That would be asinine, but I could see it happening. I could definitely <laughs> see Boone doing it. After he basically announced that Clint Frazier is the starting left fielder because he played his ass off this year. I know Clint Frazier has been slumping lately, but again, everyone's been slumping lately. You don't take that bat out of the lineup. And it's not like you could say, oh, you're doing it for defense because guess what? He's been a good defender this year. Yeah, he's been an above average defender. He's been a good defender. Uh, so you, I'm just saying, saying it wouldn't Clint surprise me. Ah. Uh, you, I'm gonna lose my mind if that happens. Oh, I love this. I love. I'm gonna this. have I a mental. You are rattled, rattled if right that now. happens. The, see, this is what this is the problem. This is your problem. Your expectations. I, Aaron are so Boone's out not of, that stupid. He's not that stupid. Really? Okay. He's stupid, but not that stupid. Maybe, maybe not. I could definitely. You got to break up those. Got to break up those so right hand. Obviously, hitters. Higgy's going to be in the lineup. Yes, because because of Cole. Correct. So Higgy will probably be batting ninth, or 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 I would bat Clint Frazier ninth if you want to. You know set up for for DJ. But you go DJ, Judge, Voight, Stanton, Hicks, Glaber, Geo. I think that brings us to to so Higgy. Here's the other side of it. Clint. Here's the other side of uh, of the of the Brett Gardner situation. I I mean obviously that's the wrong move. However, you the other side of this if you look at him as a bench player, it actually could be interesting. You have Brett Gardner as a bench player, Shane Bieber you know, with uh, as a right-handed pitcher, at least you have a left-handed bat on the on the bench now Talkman for, for the ability to do something. Talkman gives you the ability to do that too, but you know you're getting more options now at different situations where you can inject something into a game. We also haven't seen a postseason roster for the Yankees yet, and because it's only three games, I could see them going one pitcher fewer and having like Mike Ford, even though he's sucked all year. But at least a guy, if you get into a situation where you need maybe a home run or a fly ball out, out of a lefty bat, it could be Mike Ford or Andujar or something. Because, like, do you really need all that, all those? Does Jordan Montgomery need to be on this roster? I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. I, I would because, definitely have the bats. I would I would definitely try to stack as many as uh, to give you options in different situations because runs are going to be a premium. Because you're going Cole starting game one, Tanaka starting game two, probably Hap game three. You've got Debbie Garcia there as as a backup out of the bullpen. You have Luis Sessa who can give you length out of the bullpen. I don't know. Clark Schmidt didn't look that great in his audition on Sunday. I don't think you trust him to pitch innings in the playoffs. No, I mean, Chad Michael Green, King, could extend. Michael a, King's been terrible, so I don't think you're going to pitch Michael. So I guess maybe Montgomery could be a guy that they're like, well, if we reach the 15th inning, we need somebody. I guess if you get to that point, but but I but I almost like you said rather have the bat for for situations. Yeah, yeah, we have we have uh, we have Kratz's knuckleball 
for the 15th inning, so don't worry about it. Oh, is Kratz going to be on the roster? That's another thing. I don't know. I mean, you're, you're waste, kind of wasting a roster spot with Eric You are Kratz wasting a roster spot unless you're intending to pitch him. <laughs> the, 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 uh, you know what? The, you know the crazy thing is? It, I, I would be less mad with Eric Kratz coming into pitch than Brett Gardner starting and hitting third. Uh, I'm just telling you, it would not surprise me. My expectations are in It would a place. surprise me. It would surprise me at this point if Brett Gardner is hitting third. It, I, okay, so if he's in the starting lineup. He's going to be hitting eighth or ninth. He's not going to be hitting. You third. know, maybe maybe Clint Frazier's got some uh, you know some animosity towards the Cleveland organization that he could take out on that ball. If you don't start Clint Frazier in these playoffs, you're basically saying you're not our our left fielder going forward. He has done everything he possibly could, everything they've asked for this season. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I don't I don't disagree with you. He's the starting left fielder, as he should be. And in this situation, then he should be out there. I want I want our best bats out there. I don't really care about the matchups. We've seen that it doesn't matter that much. And especially against a guy like Bieber, it just does not. It just does not matter. No, no. If he and, makes a mistake, and, then you have to take advantage of it. I don't care if you're a righty or a lefty. And that's it. You're looking for mistakes. Who do you have more confidence in, in getting a hit off Shane Bieber? Frazier or Gardner? Because I have more confidence in, in Frazier. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, I have, and it just at, so happens at this point in their career right now. Yes, yeah, of agreed. course. It just so happens that the Yankees, eight of the Yankees' best hitters are, are right-handed. I, I mean, it's just the situation. You have to play your best hitters. They're all right-handed. That's just the reality that they've built this roster, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Let's see what happens. What are you smiling at? What because I, I just have a, I'm just I'm I'm envisioning You're now hoping that that no, no, Boone no, starts no, Gardner so that. I can have going, a mental. I'm not breakdown. going that far. I mean, it will be a bonus if that happens. If that happens, like there's a <laughs> so I have lighter. in my mind. I'm smiling because I can envision you just getting bright red and and just throwing a complete conniption fit over this whole thing. And uh, so yeah, it's making me smile a little bit. That's that's <laughs> it. But that does not mean I want that to happen. I don't. I want Clint Frazier in left field. I think he earns it. He deserves it. And uh, that dude should be out there for sure. Well, do you see they haven't and done it's the, this And yet. it's, by the way, the better option. You haven't seen them do... Judge has always been hitting two, even though he's been trying to figure it out at the plate. Do you think you could see a lineup this week where Judge isn't hitting two? No. No, yeah, I think I he's, he's I definitely... It's, you're going to see LeMahieu and you're going to see Judge one, two, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Hicks Hicks will probably be three because they do like breaking up the the righties. But I again go back to if you only have one left-handed hitter in this case, switch hitter. If you have one out of nine who doesn't hit right-handed, well, then it doesn't matter where he hits; he's always eight players away. So why bat him third? <laughs> But I honestly think Boone looks at the lineup and sees top to bottom. He's like, oh, I'm breaking up the righties by putting up third. This is a good thing. Not understanding that four through nine and then one and two again are all right-handed. I don't think his brain can work that far ahead. So you're already getting mad thinking that it could happen. Because sometimes he does things that are so elementary that I think he doesn't have a brain. And he is, <laughs> he. it's like Cashman built the robot. Cashman built his robot. But he forgot that part of the brain. Yeah. It's an essential piece of the brain. Got to have it. Got to have it. You know, I uh, do, you, do you have good feelings going back to Cleveland in the playoffs? Does it drum up well, um, anxiety? Does it drum up? What does it drum up for you? Uh, well, I mean, they won there the last time they were there. Yes. But the guy who got the two biggest hits is now playing for Philly. That's true. And... So, no, I mean, I'm not, it's not like I'm scared of necessarily going into Cleveland. Those were intense games. I mean, they were absolutely intense games and it was an intense yeah, it, series. The Yankees should have won that series earlier if if Joe Girardi challenges. So, right. yeah, the Yankees played really well in that series. We haven't seen the Yankees play that well in the playoffs since 2017, though. Right. No, so, it's a big deal. And there's, I think this team is better than 2017. It's a more complete roster. But Aaron, but other than Aaron Judge and... And um, Sanchez, as like the cornerstones of the offense, everyone else is new. Glaber's there. Stanton's there. Geo, LeMahieu. Sanchez, Sanchez is now going to be starting game one um, unless unless yeah. he's in a DH spot, which would so be out of, asinine. And that would be that means Kratz would be on the roster. 
So then you've got you've got Gardner, but he's now a bench player, hopefully. So it's like it's a completely different team. Um, what if Stanton plays left field? <laughs> They're not going to do that. They haven't done it all year. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to fuck with you. Um, Matt Blake. Does that does that become yeah, a do difference think? maker? I think I think potentially think we have some inside X-factor? information. Yeah, there's. I mean, he's I, an X factor. Sure. Let's let's. We haven't really. He hasn't been that much of a discussion. I feel like this season, uh, because you, you barely see him talk. You don't really know much about. It. He's under the hood the entire time. He's got the you know the the uh, the neck mask over his face. Like I don't even yeah. remember what he looks like. I I was just gonna say he kind of just looks like a, a Boone clone. Yeah, he might as well be Boone. He could be Boone for all we know. But <laughs> he does. Ha- he should have inside tasks. information and good scouting reports, like very good scouting reports, yeah. on the majority of the staff. Especially Shane Bieber, who's like a newer pitcher, has come up through the organization in the last few years. Yeah, I- and the bullpen guys that are that have that are come up that are uh, that Mandy was talking about, who are just dominant. You know, who have stupid amount of strikeouts uh, in their bullpen. That's that's good information that he it can't should have. hurt, right? It can't hurt. His information can't hurt. I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make because we're still talking about two, maybe three games, and it comes down in a, in a three game series. A lot of times, it comes down to like key individual moments and plays, and that's where it, I. But that's where I think he can help because now he can look at tendencies. He can look at what he, you know, how the what he he knows these guys' strengths probably, um, you know, inside and out. So there are a lot of things in critical moments that he can actually, you know, give to the Yankees without them having to go to a video or, you know, looking at their their past um, at bat or whatever it is. Like he's got that knowledge that he can prepare for this, for this game. So I do think it's a leg up because, you know, now you're looking at tendencies, you're looking at potentially something in the, in the movement of how they're working. We haven't seen them again this year. So that's, that's something that is, I think to Blake's actual advantage, like he does have, inside information about the uh, the opponent. And I think that's, I hope they, they're able to use it in some capacity. And all it does is take yeah. one little tiny moment. Absolutely. It, it It's one hit with runners in scoring position. Mm-hmm. It's 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 one, one uh, if you're the Yankees on, on on defense and pitching, it's escaping one jam that, that switches momentum when, it, when you're talking about you just need two games. You just need to win two games. Right. Looking and at I ten- think whoever wins game one, I mean, the other team is huge. Leg is devastated because you lost with your your ace. It's not just your backs are against the wall. Obvious, that's obvious. You're facing elimination, but you're facing elimination, and we just used our best pitcher. Right, that's and an there's extra and there's no level. Days off. Oh, and by the that's way, there's an, no days off. That's an extra level of demoralization. Right. Yeah. No, and that's why I, I do think like every little piece of this that game one is going to be so. It's going to be. It's going to be a very strategic game. I have a feeling it's going to be a long game. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of dramatic pauses, um, and a, a four and a half hour two to one baseball game. Yeah, a lot of pitches. I mean, who knows? I mean, if they're blowing these guys away and and getting through innings, which a lot of swings and misses are going to happen, um, it, you know, the game could have a, a decent pace. But um, yeah, if Matt Blake can can give some good, like, look, I'm just looking for tendencies. Runner on on base, like, you know, he's missing with this pitch, uh, you know something is not showing well on a given day. Like there might be a tendency that he tends to leak a ball, uh, you know, over the plate or a, a tendency to miss this way. I'm just looking for little things that I guarantee he knows. I guarantee he knows these things. Have you looked at the weather for Cleveland this week? No, come on. It's heavy rain every day. So in we the, might, so we might low, get a day off in the low sixties. Yeah. But it's raining today, which doesn't matter. Tuesday's actually cloudy. So they're going to play, hopefully. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, heavy rain. So in we might low, see Garrett in Cole 60s. in game one versus one Bieber. One and two. And two versus Bieber. I'm all right with that. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Well, I asked Mandy, do you think we could see um, Bieber in relief in game three? And she didn't rule it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, I, I think in game three, depending on the situation, you got to, you just got to move on, right? You just gotta And if you have on. a rain out, then definitely. Yeah, I mean, right. if he has two off days, you're definitely seeing Cole and Bieber for an inning in game three. If there's two off days. Probably. They're going to try to get these games in, though. <laughs> They're not yeah. trying to push any days. There are no days off. There, there's nowhere to go. Well, that, I mean, that's also probably a reason why they left four days off between the two series. I mean, if it's if it's torrential downpour all day, you can't play. Right. They're going to so. still. We'll see what happens. But yeah, they're going to we'll do see. everything they can. 
would they would they because baseball has these scheduled lined up from noon all the way till 10 p.m. at night. Would they actually move the game up if there's a window from one to five p.m.? Would they move the Yankees game up? That would be forward thinking and and proactive. So no, so, so no. no, 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 we won't do that. <laughs> that, would, that would be something that would be. Hey, we're gonna flip. No, you can't do. I don't even know if you can do. You can't move it up. Moving it back is one thing, but moving it up. Well, now there's you, no fans. No, no, no. You're you're getting the guys now have to prepare faster. Like the pitchers. Have well, to it would have to be a full yeah. day in advance. They would have to say tomorrow's game is now at one p.m. instead of seven p.m. That's really far away to 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 be able to predict the weather. <laughs> I don't even know if Susan's app updates that fast. Oh, it does. She pays four ninety nine a month for that thing. She Man. pays almost as much as people paid for Francesca. I was app. just going to say that. Stole the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? So there was some some uh, Boone gave an update on WFAN. He said it's a day to day situation as far as who's handling the catching. So maybe we see Higgy. In game two as well. Or maybe we see Gary Sanchez catching game one. No, no, that's not going to happen. Gary Sanchez is going to be the catcher of game one. Gardner's going to be in left field. Uh, Gary Sanchez is going to be hitting number four. And Brett is going to be hitting number three. How you like me now? We're going to go I, full, you know, full reversal like this year didn't even happen. And you know what? The, the, the non-personal catcher situation would offset my hatred for the Brett Gardner start. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, no, I so I, I definitely see uh, Higgy. Hopefully, he can uh, not get in any rundowns. If he does, that means we got runners on base. So that's a positive that thing, I guess. Hilariously bad. Yeah. No, that's bad. It was it was terrible. Let's just peg the dude. Um, all right. So, how you feeling? Like, rate your confidence level one to ten. I'm good because I don't series. know. I, I know what Shane Bieber is on stats. Uh, I've seen him pitch in some highlights. I, I you know I haven't seen a ton of him. I know he's what never Gar- pitched in the playoffs before, so maybe that could get to him again. A weird situation. I don't know how much the actual game is going to be. You know the the deciding factor of like if this feels like a playoff game. So but then, where's this switch you're talking about? It's not the switch. The I just have a lot of confidence in Garrett Cole, and I think Garrett Cole Fair. is going to freaking shove. And I could I could see him going beyond seven. And I think the Yankees are talented enough to scratch across a couple runs. They may fall into a home run. Could happen. I do believe that Matt Blake's scouting report could help them. Um, I don't think it's going to be, you know, anything crazy, but I think in key moments, all again, all it takes is one one moment for them to capitalize on, and I could see them doing that. I think they have enough talent for that to happen. So, yeah, so, I, I mean, I got confidence, and mainly because of Garrett Cole. Give you it want a number. number. You want a number yeah. for the game? One, one to ten. No, 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 for the series. Oh, for the Yankees oh. winning the series, one to ten. Confidence factor, confidence level. Um, it all depends on game one. So I guess Jesus. I'll just say game one. No, I'm going to give you my count. So I'm like a seven. I feel confident because Whoa. of Garrett Cole. Yeah, I feel that's confident. very confident. I feel confident because of Garrett Cole. That that is a, like a, a ten confidence in Cole, and and uh, you know maybe like a five to six confidence and they're going to scratch some stuff across. But do you do you leave open the possibility that Cole goes seven innings and gives up one run, but the Yankees just get shut out? Yeah, that's possible, definitely. Uh, but I think that I still think they're going to get something across. Yeah, I, I would say my confidence level is like I, uh, real quick. I think that the, the fact that the Yankees have not seen them and Bieber hasn't seen the Yankees also also might hurt him as well. Why, if a, a pitcher advantage goes to the pitcher, if you haven't seen them, it sure it does go to the. But I'm saying that there's just a he hasn't fa- uh, faced this team who does have a ton of talent, a lot of big names on that team. I'm just saying he hasn't seen them yet. It could yeah. It could play to that as well. I mean, I, I think it's a. I don't think it's a good thing for either one of them. The thing that's so fickle about the playoffs is, is how are you playing right now? Are you the hot team right now? And the Yankees are not the hot team right now. And I'm not even saying the Indians are the hot team because they're their not. offense. Their offense has been bad this year, worse right. than the Yankees by far. So. As far as that standpoint, the Yankees are are in a better situation than the Indians. It comes but down the, to the both pitchers, but the Indians pitching staff. Not just in game one, in game two, in game a potential game three, is a lot better than the Yankees. It's a big advantage for the Indians, their pitching staff over the Yankees. Garrett Cole, I trust in game one. I trust he is going to pitch great. That doesn't mean he will pitch better than than Shane Bieber is what I'm saying. So my confidence level is like four. I'm at like a below. I'm I'm at four four out of ten confident that the Yankees win this series because even if the Yankees do win. Game one, they're they're facing better pitchers in games two and three than they have to throw. Well, I mean, playoff Tanaka versus Carrasco could be a wash. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Okay. We'll see. And, and if and if and if if Cole goes deep into the game 
and the Yankees do not have to waste their bullpen, I think advantage goes to the Yankees. Certainly. If Garrett Cole pitches eight innings and then you just have Chapman pitch a clean ninth inning, then yes, you empty your bullpen after Tanaka gives you five innings in game two. But what if they what if what if Green, Britain, and Chapman all throw in game one? Yeah, I, I mean, just, obviously I, they're I think still obviously that's that's two. what they're that that's what Garrett Cole is being paid for. That needs to not happen. Bottom is this line. a f- is this whole season of Garrett Cole uh, a failure if he if he loses this game if he gets hit hard in this game? Yeah, I think a lot of people would. I mean, it would be it would be hard to say that the entire season is a failure for him if you look at the stats and what he did. But I think that overall his season would be a failure. Yes, if he got hit around in the playoffs, the 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 first opportunity he had to be in the playoffs for the New York Yankees and he got shelled. Yes, that would be. Because that's all anybody cares about. Nobody really does care about the the, the regular season for for Yankee fans. And with this Garrett Cole signing is a is a uh, you know it's it's a warm up for the playoffs. Like everybody knows, New York Yankees, you come here to win playoff games, to win World Series titles. You don't come here to dominate in the in the in the, po- in the uh, regular yeah, season. No one cares about your two point eight ERA in the regular season. Right. It's great. You should have that because you're getting paid a lot of money to do that and put the Yankees in a good situation. But right now is when it matters. So, and if you don't show up, then yes, there's going to be, it's going to be a failure. What if he pitches like we've seen him do before, mostly early in the season, but five innings, 107 pitches, one one or two runs. It's just, he he's gets beat by the pitch count. That can't happen either. He needs to be better than that. He needs yeah. to go deeper into the game. Part of his, it's, part of his contract, the the reason why <laughs> is seven plus is innings. you need to go deeper <laughs> into games. You need to be effective and it cannot be five innings. We've yeah, got you, we have got Nathan Avaldi was fine through five innings in a lot well, of his starts. Come on, I'm just saying we've had five inning guys be okay. That hurts the team if oh, you're not throwing the, the ball the team after when, the fifth when inning. it puts them in a real bad spot. If yes. you're being pulled in the fifth or even uh, you know into the sixth, doesn't get through the sixth, five and a third innings, hundred twelve pitches, couple runners on base. You just put the team in such a huge hole when you're facing such tough pitching. So yeah. you're at a seven. Confidence level, that's pretty strong. I'm at a four, pretty pretty low. I think that's about where people would expect us to be. That's the yin and yang of this podcast. Seven's probably a little high. I mean, it's all really Garrett Cole. I no, mean, don't let me talk you down. Let, let me, let me, let's be honest. It's all Garrett Your Cole. Your bold prediction is Garrett Cole is going to go out there and and beat Shane Bieber. And you know what? That's not even a bold prediction. It's not a bold prediction. It's, it's something that's that what should Garrett happen. Cole's that's that's what we all expect to happen. That's what, that's yep. what should happen. Is it a bigger story? What's a bigger story? <laughs> Shane Bieber shuts down the Yankees and pitches eight shutout innings, or Garrett Cole gets hit around. I don't know why the triple crown pitching winner shutting down the Yankees for eight innings, who are strikeout and miss, would be a big story. It's not. It, I mean, it's, that's a big story around baseball. Like you whenever can, the Yankees I, it's a story. lose in the playoffs, it's a big story. For sure, it's a headline, but you could also see it happening. It's not like that's not something that people can't see happening. Of course, they, they do. They expect that. They expect that. So I think the bigger story by far would be. Garrett Cole getting hit around by a very mediocre offensive Cleveland. Oh, and the headlines write write themselves. Three hundred twenty four million dollars for that. I mean, that's the that's the back page New York New York Post back page. It's all talking about his his salary and how he couldn't pitch in the playoffs if he doesn't do it. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. He knows, and he and he knows that. (laughs) He knows. All right, that's it. We will be back talking about the game. Uh, after every game, so Tuesday Tuesday night we'll be talking. We'll do twenty thirty minute show uh, posted soon after that, and then as long as they go in the playoffs, we'll be doing episodes. Any last words, Scott? I'm excited. It's been uh, it's been a while. This this whole season's been a blur, very weird. But I'm glad we're here. We got some playoff action, and uh, Garrett Cole is on the mound. That's cool. That's that's good stuff. That's that's what you can ask for, right? Like that's a positive thing. I don't care who's on the other side. We got Garrett Cole going out there. You should feel good about that. Yeah, if you just look at it in a vacuum, the Yankees are playing game one of the playoffs and Garrett Cole is pitching, and you don't worry about how they got there. And they're healthy. It all lines up. And they're healthy. All right, we'll talk to you again after game one. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show... We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.